The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? All right. Redneck Tech Podcast, episode 161. I'm pretty sure. Yep, 161. And the title of this podcast, that I can't talk today. The title of this podcast is going to be called Saying Yes. And there's, I haven't got to put as much thought into this as I wanted, but this is probably going to turn into more than one podcast or more than one conversation going down the road because. This is something that I'm very passionate about. Ryer and I have talked about this, and I'm sure Clay is going to be as passionate about this as we are just because I know the kind of person he is as well as the kind of person that Ryer is. And Keegan, if he was here, he would be right on the bandwagon with us. But I'd venture to say that there are a lot of people who are doing this professionally full-time probably are in the same boat as all of us. So here's the thing. If you are someone out there who has been one of those people, and you know who you are if you're one of my friends listening, that has told me over the years, you know, you're jealous of, you know, the job that we have and the places we get to go and the hunts we get to go on. If there's ever an opportunity for me to get to go, let me know. And then when I called you and asked you to go and you didn't go, this podcast is for you. 100% for you. All right, we're probably not going to be talking about much production at all. This is probably going to be more of a rant for me than anything. But, um... I want to dive into what saying yes means and the value of saying yes, virtually no matter what. Um, And when I say yes, I mean saying yes to adventure, saying yes to opportunity, saying yes to something outside your comfort zone, saying yes to almost anything that intrigues you, no matter what. And when I say no matter what, what do I mean by that? So... First thing I want to get into, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, is the reason that people say no. Okay, so the reason that people say no. All right, let's let's back up even further. I'm going to give the example of what has happened to spur this podcast idea rant from myself. So I did an elk hunt in September. Uh, we didn't kill an elk, got our butts kicked, whatever. Still had a great time. We're an elk every day. I've done handful of elk hunts on my own now and I plan on doing several other hunts on my own over the next couple of years because I got into this business because I enjoyed hunting so with that being said um, a couple of my buddies in particular you know who you are I love you I still do love you but this is podcast is directly directed at you because I'm still mad about it they've asked me for years I've always wanted to go do a hunt out west. If I can ever go with you, if I can never go do a cool hunt, let me know. I let them know. And you know what they tell me? Well, you know, I've got this house project. You know, I've got I've got this with my kids. I've got this thing at work. You know, I just can't make it happen. Or, you know, I just can't afford that right now. Or it's not in the plans. You know, the wife this, the girlfriend that, the... The church is doing this. The Okay, I've heard every excuse known to man. I also, I, I'm lucky enough to have a job that I can be fairly flexible, but hunting season is by far our busiest season and when I need to be the most available. And I try and make time to do it. I haven't gotten, to, like I didn't get to go on milk hunt last year, just didn't have the time. This year, honestly, probably shouldn't have. I did anyway, but... Saying yes, no matter what, is what has to happen in order for you to get to do things. And I put in the description of this podcast 
everyone has the same excuses. Stop letting life get in the way of, get in the way of living. And what I mean by that is the excuse that you made to not go do that thing that you've always wanted to do, everybody else has that same excuse. I have that same excuse. Clay has that same excuse. Ryder had that same excuse. We all have things in life. We all have bills to pay. We all have everything. Everything that you have, everyone else has too. So stop using that crap as an excuse. If you have an opportunity to go somewhere, to do something, to see something, to try something, to meet someone, you have to say yes. Because every time you say no, less people are going to ask you to go. Every time you say no, people are going to know you as a no person and they're not going to ask you anymore. I've, I've got a couple people I'm not going to ask anymore. I'm tired of asking them. I've given them every opportunity in the world to go do the things that they say that they want to do, but then when I go to ask them, they don't want to go. And I understand there's extenuating circumstances. I understand that there's things that happen. So does everybody else. You have to make the time. You have to do it. You have to go. And I know Ryan and I talked about this, and... You said you're like a huge proponent of always saying yes to no matter what it is, even wacky stuff. Like you say yes probably more than I would even say yes to things. Probably. So like what is your like take on this? Because I, it pisses me off that th- there's always an excuse. There's always a, well, you know, it's just not, not going to work out this time. Well, then it didn't work out the five times before that either. If it ain't ever going to work out, if it's not going to work out this time, it's never going to work out. It's, it, that's how I feel about it. It's like if you keep making the excuse, um, sorry, I can't do two things at once. Um, if you keep making the excuse of, well, life's, I, I have stuff to do in life, so does everybody else. Like, what, 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 is, what is really holding you back? Most people, I really think it's the, 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 the unknown. They don't okay. like being uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable. Unknown and uncomfortable. They don't want to be that. You know, it is, is, but how hard is it? And I've had this conversation with Nicole too, like traveling. You know, lots of people don't get to travel. Well, traveling for us is nothing now. Before I started doing this job, like for me to say, get in the truck and drive to Kansas, that's, that's a lot. Now it's like, that's nothing. Okay. Yeah. When, when we're leaving. Leave now, we can leave it four, we can, whenever. We just go. But that's taken years and years and years of just saying yes and just going and making the time and figuring it out and driving through the night and sleeping in the truck, sleeping in a crappy hotel, you know, not sleeping, whatever. But, you know, I looked at that. And what made me want to do this podcast even more is I looked at that board in my office, the, the map, <laughs> the map that's got all the, the pins in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing this for, you know, going on 11 years now a lot of pins in that map yeah well there was a lot of yeses in that map you know a lot of them were work but there's a lot of times it's like you want to go here and try this thing yeah let's go let's figure it out and with very little other plans than that and there's so many of them that i have so many memories which is another reason you know i've got some ideas if we ever do get to build this new office like some really cool ideas in the entryway of the office to be able to be able to tell some of those stories and relive some of those stories. But the only reason those things happen, sit down. Sorry, my dog is going to be a pain in the butt all podcast. The only reason we got to do that is because I said yes. So you were telling me a story about one of the examples that you had about saying yes. It was something about like your, oh, it was with Mark. Yeah, I mean, um, I can I can credit probably the my entire career, the past seven years of doing this. Um, to saying yes um, to kind of an unknown opportunity. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, I know a lot of you guys have heard this story, um, and I've told it a few times, but I did not grow up hunting. I don't have a background in photography, videography, video editing. Um, I wasn't like a I, – I was techie enough. I was techie uh, as techie as the average bear – but, you know, I wasn't like a, I wasn't a video gamer. I wasn't a guy who built computers, nothing. Like I knew how to use computers to do the basics that you would need to do at college. And that was about it. Um, and when I, I, I had my life kind of mapped out in an entirely different direction and I was kind of working towards um, working towards something else when 
uh, just by chance, I met with uh, uh, the guy that I previously worked for, Mark Ruby, out of California. Uh, and uh, my uh, basically what was set up was my mom got me a meeting with this guy because she was um, being a mom and trying to help me get a good job and a career and this and the other. And she had heard that there was some guy who needed help with something. And, and uh, she was like, oh, well, maybe we'll set it up with my son. Having no idea what it was or yeah. anything. And uh, so, I, you know, I said yes to going to meeting with the guy, first of all. I had all I knew is that it was like something kind of outdoorsy, um, and that you know it could be a ranch, it could be a farm, it could be construction, it could be who knows, it could be anything. Um, so I said yes to the going to meet with the guy, even though I already had a job and everything. It was like, well, what can I hurt? And go meet with the guy. So I go meet with him. I drive to his house, and um, we get to talking and. Of course, he asked me the typical questions you'd ask anybody if you're looking for somebody to do this is, um, have you hunted before? To which I said no. Um, have you Had you ever filmed before? I said no. He said, have you ever done photography? And I said, well, I did a class in eighth grade, but um, I can't say I was really focused on the photography part of part of the class. Uh, in fact, I think I came out with a B. Wasn't it because of the chick that was in there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I remember that story. Yeah. So I got a B in middle school photography. So now I mean, look at me now. Have that in middle school. <laughs> um, and uh, he asked me if I ever, ever edited before, and I said no, I've never touched any of that stuff. And he kind of explained to me what he was looking to do. He wanted to have a hunting TV show, which I had never even seen, didn't even know those existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was looking for somebody to film and edit and do that kind of stuff. And he was like, "Does it sound like something you'd be interested in at all?" And I said. You know, I don't really know. Like, I've never done any of that stuff, but, I mean, it sounds interesting enough. I've always wanted to go hunting, you mm-hmm. know. I just have never had anybody to um, go with, and, you know, I don't know if I'll be any good at the filming or anything, but, hey, I can try. And he said, well, I got this um, I got this hunt that another guy shot last year, an elk hunt, it was, and uh, it was on a hard drive and a laptop. He had a MacBook, and he said, do you want to, just take a look at it, take it home for a couple of weeks and mess around with it and see see what you got. And I said, eh, sure, why not? So I took the laptop and I took the hard drive and I uh, went home and I started teaching myself at that. I think for a day and a half I tried to use iMovie and then I was researching all the how to use iMovie and stuff and I saw that you might as well just learn how to use Final Cut Pro. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just use Final Cut because I was on the computer and so over the course of two weeks, I kind of taught myself the basics of how to edit, and I put together this video, and um, it was horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where it is right now. I'd like to go get it um, and find it. It used to be on YouTube. I, I removed it because <laughs> <laughs> it it's real bad. Um, you can still find all my stuff if you know where to look. It's still uh, real bad. Yeah, it's real bad. Also, I think there's probably like five copyright violations in there. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And uh, anyways, I brought back the video, uh, and he was like, oh, okay. And so he had some more footage, and so I think for the next maybe month, I kind of just would, was cutting on random stuff for him. And then um, he asked me if I wanted to go up to the ranch and, and uh, film him bow hunting some hogs up there. And... Uh, I said yes, and we went up there and bow hunted hogs, and I filmed it, and we edited it, and I think maybe I did it five, six months kind of part-time, and then he uh, wanted to have a meeting with me, and we sat down, and he asked me if I wanted to go full-time. He said he couldn't pay me very much money, um, but, you know, it'd be something where uh, there was a potential to grow and uh, potential to keep learning and do that, this, that, and the other, and um, at the time I was still like kind of working towards going in the air force, but I thought, well, I've been enjoying it so far. Um, what's it hurt to give it a year, mm-hmm. right? Like I can, I could do it for a year if I like it and I'm good at it. Cool. Maybe that's a career path to explore. If it's, if it's something that I don't like, or I'm not good at it, or I just would still rather just go to the air force. Well, I'm what I would have been maybe 21, 22 at the time. Just enlist again, mm-hmm. like I had been planning. So, you know, I said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And so, quit my job, started doing that, and I mean, that was seven or eight years ago now. And uh, 
I think just that kind of initial, the initial uh, grouping of yeses was really what, what spurred me down this path. And then, of course, continuing to say yes to opportunities as they come along um, and just always being willing to go and do the things. Because, um, I mean, at, at almost every turn in this in this job, I'm doing things that I I've never been exposed to, mm-hmm. never done before, don't know anything about, going places that I've never been, um, meeting people I've never met, like all that kind of stuff. And like you said, there's there's a lot of people who, um, in the face of things that are unknown, their gut reaction is scared to death. No, yeah. Like if I don't know what's happening, if I don't know where I'm going, if I don't know what to expect, Fear if I don't. Of the unknown. If I don't know what to prepare for, if I don't feel like, if I don't feel confident that in the situation that I'm not going to go. And I think that if, if my default mode was that I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But, um, for whatever reason, uh, my default mode is I'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. I've always been like that. If, if I have, I have enough, enough confidence to be like, I'll figure it out when I need to. And so, even if I don't know what I'm getting into or if I don't know how to do it yet, I'll say yes and figure it out. Do you think that ha- what you just said kind of struck me? Do you think the confidence has something to do with it? Like confidence in yourself to, in, in an unknown situation, you could figure it out? Because I'm the kind of that way too, which I guess, I mean, maybe in the beginning I wouldn't have been. But like for me to throw someone into a situation, you know, thinking of myself like, hey, I want to go put you in a, I don't know, some sort of scenario that's uncomfortable to you. You know, but I would have confidence in myself to be like, you know what? I have enough personal skills. I have enough smarts and enough, you know, self-reliance and drive to be like, you know, I'll figure it out. You know, it's, I might not do the best job in the world, but I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll do, I'll, you know, I'll do my very best. And I think maybe that has, and has something I hadn't thought of, of like, how much would that confidence in yourself have to do with, being able to say yes. Because, I mean, I've talked to people that are just, they're just literally scared to death to go outside of this three-county area to hunt because they just think they're walking into something that they don't. And I'm thinking about hunting specifically because that's kind of where this started. But, I, I mean, I think this goes into so many other avenues to where it's like whether it's going to, you know, a new area to go you know, like, like, like you've been going to a lot of concerts in random places. Like, that's something I would never do. Yeah. Because that is very unknown to me. It's not something I've ever done. That's not something I would, I personally would probably say yes to. That is something I don't have confidence in is group, large groups of people that I don't know. I don't like that. That's not my thing. But I'm sure I've missed out on opportunities because I haven't said yes to things in the past. Like, I was never a guy that grew up going to parties or going to do things like that in college. And I, I look back on that and I kind of regret it a little bit mm-hmm. just because I feel like I missed out on a lot of good times with friends of mine and like closer relationships that I probably missed out on because I wasn't willing to do that. But like, I even look at it in terms of that, like being able to say yes to anything that interests you, anything that you might not know interests you, but is just a literally a complete unknown. But, you know, being able to say, you know what, I'll give it a shot. If What do you got to lose? You got a little bit of your time. Like, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like letting, letting the outside factors of your life get in the way of living, a, you know, a fulfilled life. Regardless, like, you, you can always make more money. I mean, Clay's a perfect example. Clay used to work in finance. You made a lot more money than you made now. You know, I obviously can't pay you what you made in finance. Which one would you rather do? Oh, not finance. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like you can always make more money. Like there's opportunities for us to make more money every day. We talk about new projects that are coming out of this, ways that we can raise raise all the ships. I'm always trying to figure out a way to say yes to the right projects. Now, I don't want to say yes to everything. I think we've gotten to the place where we can say no to some things that we don't want to do. But I even think it comes down to like – the simple things, like, you know, that's never, I've never done that before. Yeah, I'll do it. Well, I think that there's a, like you said, there's a level of confidence, and I, I think some of that is, I mean, you, some of it is, like, how you were raised. Yeah. Um, I was raised in a very confident family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I got that, luckily. Some people aren't raised like that, so it's inherently more difficult. Um, I think there's also an aspect of a fear of failure that stops a lot of people. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Um, And then I think that there's a base-level curiosity, you know. So I think the confidence is something where if you don't have it, you can build it. Um, Like, there are things that I I wouldn't have been confident enough to say that I could do five years ago that I'm that I can do now and now I've I'm able to rely on the skill set that I've built mm-hmm. to to kind of have a little bit more confidence. Right? I've I've taught myself how to edit and shoot photos and shoot video. But to the extent to where I'm confident it, I've basically shown myself that I can be confident in this area. Yeah. And the same thing with a lot of stuff. I think you can teach yourself that confidence, um, even though it may be uncomfortable at first. But I think that as you put yourself out there and start doing things and start realizing like, oh, I do have that capability. Like you have to push yourself almost like weightlifting. Like maybe there's a, there's a A muscle you have to work out. Yeah. Maybe there's a PR you're going for and you haven't done that PR yet. Right. And like, I remember when you first start lifting weights, doing weight that you have not done feels like an insurmountable obstacle. You're looking at this weight and you're like, oh, there's no way I could do that. Right. But after, you know, lifting and then deciding, Hey, I'm going to get under that bar and try that weight. And you do that weight for the first time and you go, Oh, I do have the ability to push my body further than I have in the past. And you build that confidence. And then the next time you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And every time you try to reach past your current capabilities and you succeed or you get better, you basically build that confidence to be able to do that. That's why when you talk to really elite athletes and elite lifters, like they, they're able to get under the bar uh, to do weights that they haven't done before. Yeah. But I think it's the same thing with anything else, but you're also building confidence for other things. Now it wouldn't be a stretch for me to, you know, ask you or you say, hey, we've got a project that is completely not hunting related. It's underwater basket weaving. Something not Whatever. hunting related. You know, yes. But it'd, it'd be like, hey, we got to go tell a story of this person in wherever doing this thing that we've never done before. Mm-hmm. We know nothing about. Cool. Do some research and we'll figure it out. Yeah. I think a lot of it is a form of complacency, too. Like, they're so comfortable with where they are and who they are and what they've been doing that they don't even just care to learn or expand anything. Like, my dad. My dad has hunted in Georgia his entire life, and we don't have that farm anymore. And now he just has no drive to go anywhere and hunt because it's like... Mm, no, I'm just not comfortable with that. Like, like, yeah. oh, big corn fields and yeah. like, no, like I like. See, I could I see, I can kind of relate that to my dad too. My dad, you know, grew up hunting in Georgia with us. And once we get old enough to hunt by ourselves, he didn't really hunt anymore. And then I got him a bow and he went on his first bow hunt. Now he's like, I want to do everything now. Right. It would took that spark of me handing him that bow and saying, you're going to learn how to do this and you're going to go. Right. He went on the first one. And now he's like, every year he's like, hey, are we going to go hunting this year? You know, right. I took him to Montana and did the turkey last year. He's like, mm-hmm. now he wants to go again. He wants right. to figure it out. Like he, He's looking at new adventures, new places to go. And I wonder, coming off of that, I wonder if it's like when we're younger, we have our parents or a guardian or someone that takes us new places to show us new things, and then we get to the age that we're at, and it's like we don't have that person that takes us and does that new thing with us. Or, or well, you also don't have that to, safety net, right, when right. you go to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm there's not the safety net of your parents or there may not be the safety net of somebody who's done it before. Right. Right. Like how much more willing are you to, to go do something if you have a buddy who's been there and done that. Yeah. Right. Like, we'll see that. Like even, if you, yeah. if you, I've given that opportunity go, to my buddies. Right. I mean, and I think, I think that's, I think we're in a slightly different conversation right now than the just saying yes yeah. part. No, yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, I think that, you, that's where just having that, uh, having built that self-confidence muscle mm-hmm. comes in handy. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, oh, I'll figure it out. You have enough, you have enough confidence to be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. It might, 
take me a little bit longer than everybody or it might take me a little bit of failure or it might be a little bit well what do you difficult. think what do you think is that that breaking point for someone even thinking of yourself which i i don't think there's really much anything you would say no to but like I'm think try, I'm thinking like myself and maybe maybe Clay would be a good one to ask too. But like, what would be something that you would say no to? But Sky like diving. Well, I know that. But what? But what would be the <laughs> thing? Don't want to like, do it. Well, like a good example, I guess maybe would be Brian. Like we went out there and like Brian wouldn't walk up to the edge of the cliff. Mm-hmm. But we told Brian like we're gonna get some really cool pictures, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, what's that? Hey, we're gonna get cool pictures makes it to worth make. It. Yeah, makes it worth it. What do you think that is? Like, cause for I, me? I, for anybody. Like you know, what, what's, what's, what's the driving Yeah, what's, factor? The, what's the incentive? What's the like, you know what? Work can wait. You know what? That can wait. You know what? It'll be there when I get back. Because that's what I tell them. When they say, well, I got this at work. I'm like, work will be there when you get back. You got two weeks vacation. They can't tell you when you can and can't take it. Take it. Let's go. I, I feel like on hunts and, and trips, things like that, it's the fear of spending the money and then absolutely hating it while you're spending that money. Yeah, so it's a risk you got to take. Maybe if, like, I mean, if, let's be honest. If I don't ever care to go on a sheep hunt ever, <laughs> that's but so. If Lee Lakoski's like, "Hey, bud, you want to go on a sheep hunt?" and the Crush TV will pay for it, I'm like, "Yeah, sure. If I suck, at least I'm not any money." Yeah, so. yeah, and there's, and that's what I've told guys because that, that's another thing that there's like, "Well, are we going to kill anything?" He's like, "I don't know. Maybe." Do you know how many hunts I've been on where we nobody killed anything, whether I'm yeah. filming or hunting myself? Right. A bunch. Well, that that's the thing. Like, it's a fear, fear of failure. They yeah. want to yeah. be like, oh, yeah. I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. I know what I'm going to get. I know all the things. <laughs> There's something about this job. <laughs> Chuck just <laughs> said the self-confidence muscle with the... <laughs> <laughs> there, if there's something this job has taught me, it's that no amount of money can guarantee you an animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No amount of money. No. And and if the, there's I don't a, know the amount of money people spend on those governor's tags. I mean, that can yeah, but, pretty, but still, I mean, we've been still. on we've been on hunts that cost half of our salary, and we leave you empty-handed. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, at and that point, just to do it again. Yeah. Just to do it over. Oh, we'll and over be back again. in ten days. Yeah. See ya. I think also there is a there is like you said. um like you've said time and time again, like what you're looking for is people who are good people mm-hmm. and fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a level of uh, optimism that makes a lot of these things, makes a lot of that like fear of failure kind of go away, mm-hmm. right? Because like for me, I I'm I enjoy, I will find something to enjoy about almost anything. I know that, Build your hunts like, in the backseat of a truck. I look. I didn't, I didn't like it for Snacks. thirty days. Snacks, right? Exactly. But, like I, I know that I. If I go into a new situation, I'm I'm okay with whatever. Like I, I'm gonna try to find something to have fun, or even if it sucks, like the type two fun. Mm-hmm. You just have sometimes when it sucks, you just have to convince yourself. I've had that a the, lot of type two fun. That the story is I have. Good. the story of how terrible it was. I've done a lot of type two fun with you. Yeah, you dragged <laughs> me into a lot of it. You're and I keep luck. going back. You're bad. And luck. I keep no, I'm not. That my Audad. So I hunted with him. I've hunted with him like four or five times. The Audad. He stayed at camp. I killed within five minutes. I said, "It's you, Ryer. It's freaking you." I don't think so. I think it's you. <laughs> it's, I was in me. I, I killed. Know. I think you just don't want me to get like good footage of your stuff. I don't know. <laughs> that would have been the baddest footage we got too. It would have been. Did you kill with your bow? No. Oh. I should, I, if I go back, I'll take my bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't take a gun next time. I won't be tempted. I just won't kill something. Mm-hmm. There you go. But Winter Productions did say Clay hit the nail on the head. I let bad hunts at a young age, working with people, make me hold back when I got older. So, I mean, Chuck's about to start a podcast. One of these days, he just had a real good hunt. Oh yeah, in Nebraska. Yes, Who's he filming for? <laughs> he's not filming for anything. <laughs> to give it to us to edit. He's not. No, he, I'm not touching. He's no. got a giant monitor on no. the top of that thing. That's well, because he's old and he can't see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just making sure. I didn't know if. I hope he's he was still a new. Listening. I didn't know if he was a new employee. No, he he went to Oklahoma, the place he hunts in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they had a big deer showing up that his buddy was going to shoot, and he's like, "I'll go sit with you and film you shoot this deer, and then I'll go hunt my deer." And of course, it never works out that no. way. No. But he's a master filmer now. Oh my goodness, sounds good, bud. 
<laughs> I can't afford Chuck's day rate, though. He's expensive. Mm. Can't afford the little Debbie truck that comes with him. <laughs> yeah, follows him around. But yeah, I, I think you got. I think you have to. You have to say yes, and you have to be a silver linings person. Yeah. Oh yeah. You like, gotta be. You a, gotta for be, sure. You gotta be okay going into things knowing that you don't know how it's gonna go, and that if it, you kind of have to go into it with like positive expectations, right? Like you gotta be excited to go do it, but not so high of expectations that if it doesn't go according to them, that you're gonna be disappointed. Uh, and also be able to find silver linings and things. Yeah. Well, you because gotta, it's no, nothing will nothing will ever be what you think it's going to be ever. And sometimes um, it will be much worse, and sometimes it will be better than you could have imagined. Right. I've had both scenarios. And you just have to know. Okay. Well, if it's a good one, well, it's easy to find a silver lining. It was freaking baller. Mm-hmm. But if it was a bad one, it's probably going to be more difficult to find a silver lining. But there's lots of like experiences, good or bad, are always useful yeah you can always learn from you always walk away with with i i think if you if you have the right mindset every experience is a a a good one in some way whether it was because it was just fun whether you had success or you failed but you learned something or you learned that oh i i can do that thing or uh, I I learned something new. I, I met someone new. Met someone. I, I got learned to see something. something. New. Yeah, see something, experience something, a culture, a place, a time, a you Heck, know, a season, you, or whatever. Even if you hated it, even if you hated all of it, you still did it, and you could be like, "Well, I did it, and I didn't like it. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I'm not. I won't like be on my deathbed going well, like chicken what, livers. What if I had tried it? Like chicken livers. Right. You tried them. You didn't like them. I didn't. But I might try him again. I don't know. Every time we do, I'm like, yeah, maybe it was a wrong, bad one. <laughs> but then I'm going to, because, you know, I'm kind of stupid sometimes. So I, I'll be tricked twice. But that's my, like, my biggest fear is being on my, being on my deathbed and being like, man, I should have tried that. Yeah. Or not even knowing, like, not even knowing what you should have tried. Well, even like, know? like on that mountain lion hunt that we did with Lee. I mean, I personally hated that hunt just because it was a lot of driving around and we got out of the truck like twice. Mm -hmm. But we came out of that like, yo, if we ever had to do a documentary on a mountain lion hunt, like this is exactly how we would do it. Like, and there's a lot of those hunts that we got to see. Like, I never I I can say I didn't particularly enjoy the driving around in the truck part. But no, once we got on the mountain lion, that was fun. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things like just in the filming and hunting that the trips that suck is the when I learn the most because it's like, okay, I won't bring this piece of gear again or I'll pack this next time or I'll dress this way next time or mm-hmm. something like that. So I take a lot of those types of things and those hunts or those trips or or whatever it is. Well, every experience is useful. Right. It's like, and especially if you come at it from a mindset of trying to learn things, you know, yeah, trying, you, trying you, to learn and experience things. Sometimes, sometimes the experience is just, the experience like you don't the value of it was having experienced it right like you your goal when you go into those things isn't should shouldn't always be like oh we have to whatever kill this animal or this size animal or this or that it's like yo like if you can go on your first elk hunt like let's just learn the area yeah and if we run into an elk then awesome Mm -hmm. and if not at least when we go back next time, we don't have to spend that trip learning the area we can actually hunt next time. Yeah. Or whatever it is, you know, I need to next. I need to learn next time I come out, I need to know how to shoot further, or I need to wear better clothing, or just whatever it is, just being hunting specific right now. But learning something for your next time, because if you're going to go on something and then not plan to ever do it again, you're kind of... I mean, if you go and don't like it and never want to do it again, then that's fine. But to go with the preconceived notion that I'm just going to go this once and then never have to do it again, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, and I mean, at least you would. At least you did it. I mean, there's definitely things like foods and whatever that I've tried, and I know I don't want to eat that again. I know I don't really want to do that thing again, or I know that I pro- probably wouldn't want to go to that place again, but. 
I can't say that I didn't go there. Yeah. Right. You now I just know a little bit better yeah. right. about about this, that, or the other. Or, you know, you've got that, well, this, I didn't really like 90% of it, but there was this 10% I did like. I wonder how I can do more of that thing. You know, I wonder how I can harness that. I think it's just got so much to do with, I don't know, my mindset on saying yes, I guess it is, I'm, I'm gearing it more towards like adventure and new places, new hunts, new experiences. Yeah. But my view on it, and this has been my view for the last 10 or 15 years, is, okay, you only get one chance at this life. And, and, and Chuck's got a really good take on it too. Is he's like, you know, because Chuck's, Chuck's dad passed away when he was 57, I think, if I remember right. And Chuck goes and does all the time. He hunts. He experiences life. He has tons and tons of friends. Like, Chuck is a, a very, very well-rounded, well-traveled guy. He's a lot smarter than what people give him credit oh, for. Oh, yeah. I'll, and he's one I of my favorites. Yeah, no. He, well, he's, <laughs> which he knows, he's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. But Chuck's whole take on it is he's like, if something were to happen to me and I were to die at 57 like my dad, he said, I'm going to have lived enough lives for three lifetimes. And that hit that hit hard to me because it's like, okay, I've now got to experience in the hunting world, in the traveling world, what most people wouldn't get to do in three, four, five lifetimes. So I look at it as like, okay, well, I'm extremely blessed with in that aspect. And, and hopefully all goes well, continue to be blessed by getting to go and do more things, meet more people, have more experiences, you know, keep creating a team that I like to be around, I like to work with, but at the same time, still not being satisfied. Like I was explaining to my wife the difference between being happy and being satisfied. Like I am happy. I'm not satisfied. I'm never satisfied because I always feel like there's another place to go there's another project to get. There's another, in, in I guess metaphorical terms, another mountain to climb. You know, there's always another goal. And once I meet this goal, it's like, okay, goal needs to get bigger. And I don't know who said it, but it's like if your goals aren't big enough, if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. Right. And that's exactly kind of how I view life and business and everything. It's like I'll spend every dime I have if it gives us another opportunity to get bigger. Well, if you're not out of your comfort zone, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not living life. And I think you uh, go back to like what a lot of guys say, like people like Joe Rogan and, and um, you know, those kind of guys that everybody looks up to and they go, well, why is everybody miserable? Yeah. And it's because they're people get, like you said, complacent and they're not struggling. Um, and the uh, our modern lifestyle doesn't just like inherently give us struggle. Mm-hmm. Everything is designed to give us ease and convenience, and you have to go and and seek that struggle so that you can find fulfillment. I think that at the base level, humans have this um, have a desire to be learning and exploring and pushing themselves and struggling. That's why even if, like, you really just want to sit on the couch and do nothing all the time, you watch a good sports and movie some about people, somebody who's, who's, well, who's and, overcome yeah. the odds and you get inspired because yeah. I think at a base level, we may, maybe have tricked ourselves into thinking that we're not like this, but yeah. I think everybody wants to have some kind of struggle. And if you struggle inherently is discomfort. Mm-hmm. And if you don't find yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable or feel like you have to extend yourself mentally, physically, or emotionally in order to take on the task that you are doing, then you're just sitting around in life and you're going to be unhappy. Well, you, you can convince yourself that all of the easy, all the conveniences will make you happy, but they never do. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the it's the struggle. That's why people like ultra ultra wealthy people they have so much money. It's not even like money isn't even a con. Like, they could buy whatever the heck they want. Yeah, it's not the money. It's the pursuit of it, the struggle of it, the challenge of it, the puzzle of trying to figure out how to always be getting the money or 
getting the success. But right? my but my thing is, it's like even beyond that, it's like if you don't encounter some sort of struggle, or say you do, it makes that time that you sit on the couch that much sweeter, because it's like okay, I've done I've done this thing, and it makes like I hate, and I've talked about this. Like I, it's harder now, and it'll continue to get harder for me to be gone a long time because of my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and my wife. I love my wife. I love my kids, and it's it's hard for me to leave. But I can't do the things that I need to do for work, want to do in my life unless I go. I can't do them here. So, but it makes that struggle being away from them and all that that much sweeter when I do get to come home. There's, and and. To try and figure out a situation where there's going to be no downside to saying yes to something, there isn't. There's always it's the law of sacrifice. You've got to sacrifice your time. You've got to sacrifice your money. You've got to sacrifice something to get something else. There's no perfect scenario, and I think that's another thing guys are looking for. It's like well, also you, you go ahead. I think this is an interesting thought I just had. You may be you're always saying yes to something. Saying no to something is saying yes to something else, right? So if you say you ask somebody to go on a hunt, well, they could say yes to going on the hunt, but if they say no to going on the hunt, they're saying yes to something else, right? So I think analyzing what is it that you're saying yes to because you're always saying yes to things even when you are saying no. I got another caveat I got to throw in this. The person that makes me the maddest is the better deal guy. He'll never give you a yes or no. He'll give you a maybe to see if he gets a better deal somewhere down the road. Mm. That makes me so mad. Is the guy that's like, no, oh, you know, I'm, you know, you know, don't don't give that spot away yet. And then they'll call you the day before, oh yeah, sorry, I'm gonna go with so and so. Because they some seem to have a better yes than your yes. Like the guy that never is always on the fence. I'd rather you tell me no. I'd rather you say, you know what, dude, I want to go really, really bad. I can't afford it right now. It's like every other excuse I've ever heard. I'd rather you tell me no than to try and better deal me. You know, and I've, I've been guilty of better dealing somebody before. I have. Or I'm not going to say I have. Or they drag you along to the point that you can't wait any longer, yeah. so you just choose somebody else, then they don't have to tell you no. Yeah. You said no for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes me mad. Very, very much so. But there's just, I just know of so many opportunities that I've extended to people that have found an excuse not to go. And then I extend an opportunity to you and to you, and I feel like we've done some great stuff. I feel like we've we've made the most of it. Do we have as much time to ourselves as we like? No, no, none of us do. You know, um, but at the same time, it's like. But that's the thing is when like what I was saying is, so you know I'm heading out for ten days tomorrow to go to Montana, right? If I, in theory, I can't really say no because you know I'm obligated to go mm-hmm. to some extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could say, no, I could just quit, but mm. you know, I don't <laughs> do that. Yeah. But say it was just a scenario. Yeah. Right? Um, I could say yes to going to Montana and I'm going to meet a bunch of cool people. I'm going to get to see a part of Montana. I haven't seen get to go see some lodges. I haven't seen, um, uh, you know, you got the one guy who's coming who's from an entirely other, uh, a whole other country, so Spain, I get yeah. to. I didn't know how much we could divulge about it, yeah. um, but you know, I get to meet a guy who's from Spain and talk to him. Like his family apparently runs the bullfighting rings. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like, how often do you get to meet somebody who does who knows about that, and you can just ask them questions, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying yes to. Or I could be here, and I could. Uh, you know, have 10 days to hang out with people and, you know, go to the breweries on the weekend and watch a few more episodes of my Netflix show uh, and maybe sleep, maybe ride my bike, whatever. Like, but, but I could say yes to that. You could. And and both but, of those, both, like, yeah. somebody might go, you know, I'd rather go to all the breweries and stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, that's cool, but then... You don't experience this. Yeah, but here's my thing. So what are you saying yes to? The Montana is temporary. Those right. things are, you can do those anytime. Sure. You can always work. You can always see your family. You can always go to church. You can always do all those things that are the issues. Those things aren't going anywhere. And God forbid they do. 
this opportunity is it, it, it's, it's it's finite. Right. It's going. It's not going to be there forever. Well, it's look not. at look at BC last year when Ryan and I went. It sucked. Mm-hmm. Like that might have been just the biggest pain in the butt trip I've ever been on. Ryer has the opportunity to go again this past summer on the bear hunt and meets all those people from Black Rifle. And then him and I, when we're in Utah, go on Black Rifle. And it's like he's worked there for six freaking months. Hi, <laughs> hi to this people. Hug from this person. <laughs> free knives from this guy. Here's our coffee bar. Here's some free. We didn't get any free knives. Uh, but just still, like, <laughs> yeah, act like he worked there for six months. Because the company to be seen sucked. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, half of it's, yeah, your trip's probably going to suck, but there's a lot of trips that have sucked that we've gone on that we've met people, like Jason. Yeah. Where we met Jason yeah. was no bueno. Yeah, Jason. But yeah. look at Jason. Jason, we just spent <laughs> no two, bueno is right. two and a half weeks with Jason cooking for us at Lee and Tiff's. Oh, shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> I told Jason. I've had, th- I had three different trips. <laughs> I had three different trips. <laughs> Not that I really want to go back to Iowa. I like going to Iowa for the people that are in Iowa. I don't like. Sitting in stands looking at... He had to sit in tree stand in Florida one time, and he I moaned the, about no, it. No, I didn't. I didn't moan so about I, you it. See, when I made the schedule, I didn't let him go till January going to Iowa. I got him there. Speaking of, where's my harness? I need my harness before I go to Kansas. You had it last. I put it in your truck, I thought. <laughs> right here. Oh, it might be in the... Remind me to check my backpack. It might be there. I'm reminding you to check your backpack. Not, not now. I'll forget. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's probably... Yeah, I, I think I shoved it in the back of my... Um, Back in my backpack yeah. because we had to go trounce around Matt, the freaking swamp. Matt, Matt said a, a quote that I've heard before. is like, if you if the cost of success seems too high, wait until you get the bill from regret. It, that's that's kind of that's my thing. That's thing deep. is like you only live you only live once. It's like I don't want to wake up one day, sixty five years old, and can't get around like I'd like to, and be like, hey, somebody calls me to go on an awesome bow hunting elk trip. It's like, well, I can't now. I wish you had asked me 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. That, but I did ask you 30 years ago, and I said no. Yeah. Who's who's that on? You don't get any time back. Time You don't get the time back. Right. You know? And the way this world's going, I mean, we don't know how much longer we have the rights that we have. I mean, they. they I mean, the way things are going, you could lose them. You know, so if you don't take opportunities. You can't count on anything. I mean, you, you can't. Could, yeah, you exactly. You could die tomorrow in a tragic car accident. 100%. It's like, dude, you gotta just go. You gotta quit making excuses. Like and if you don't go now, dude, that would suck. If you don't go now, you're not gonna go. And that's my thing. Is like, if you keep saying no, if I ask you five or six times and you keep saying no, then you're never gonna go. Or, or about the time you are ready to go, you're not gonna get asked because you said no to me. Hundred percent. Or if you're a, or if you're a negative person, I yeah. had this conversation with I, somebody. Is like, you know, I, I go and do a lot of things. And uh, there's just some people I won't invite to do all the things. And then they're like, well, why don't what, you went to this place and this place and that place and you didn't invite us to go along? Well, because. You're not the person every, I want to be spend my time with. Yeah. If we go do something that, you know, is out of your comfort zone a little bit or isn't some like is something that maybe is more yeah, preferential Clay's, Clay's than Clay's guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, when Taylor and I first got together, she's like, oh. Ryer's out doing this thing. I saw it on Instagram. I'm glad he invited us. I was like, he doesn't invite me because he knows 90% of the time I'm going to say no. So why would right. I waste Speaking time? of, I'm going to put you on the record. We're, as long as there's not something going on, then if we do the January 1st skeet shoot at the house, you're coming. I'm not good. Oh, I, hey. I'm not good. I'm, I'm not, not going to win. I, d- I, I did the skeet shoot, and I think I had shot a shotgun a total of three times before that. And I got up there, and I Clay, missed, I missed I didn't every go single I, one of them. I didn't go when I lived there. Oh, come on, Clay. Hey, would you Killing go roller me. skating, though? 100%. Would you? Show him. Show. <laughs> Dude, I want rollerblade. Look at that. Yes. I got freaking. Yes. I got rink burn because I was, you know me, I can't just That's chill. rink burn? That's not from asphalt? That's from a smooth surface? Yeah. Wow. That's a rink. We were wow. in the How fast rinks? were you going? I was hauling. They still have those open? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's one in Lawrenceville. There used to be one, one in Gainesville. Just went out I don't of business. want to brag. But. <laughs> no, okay. Well, here's the thing: is I started. I started with the roller skates, the four. Oh yeah, those are because those I had never booty. done those before. I was like, ah, I'll try it. Those See, see me going. Ah, I'll try the thing. Those I had never. Booty. I had the never pota- done the potato the rollers. Skates? Yeah, I'd never done the roller skates, and I went. Ah, I'll try it just just to see. Well, they freaking suck because you can't. You gotta be flat footed, and I'm yeah. sure if I would have, you're too. You you believe it or not, are too athletic for flat skates. Well. 
I know there's a way to do it because I see I you know there's some guys right. doing the chill thing where they had the they were like doing the fancy. Dude, my favorite skating. is like this old dude. Yeah, the, and the they're got just, the groove, man. Which I want to do. I would love to know how to do that. <laughs> I want to see I'm, you do that so bad. Dude, I was in like, in like a silk fit with with bell bottoms on. And you know oh, that I would be smooth God. as crap, but I could, it wasn't. I wasn't smooth. I was not having a good time. I couldn't turn nothing. So did finally, you, did you just slide or did? Did you just slide or did you literally go like no, okay, over so, two kettles? So, <laughs> so, so I, then I went, okay, you know what? I I'm, hope you wrecked hard. I'm, I'm tired of this because I, want to, I know that I can do blades and I want to go fast. Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't do well at chilling. I don't have a good like medium speed. 27-year-old man gets kicked out of roller rink for shoulder, so, shouldering kids. And just monster trucking kids. I'll tell you what, I almost monster trucked a couple and it wasn't my fault. They just... <laughs> That's why I don't go skiing. I don't do skiing because of that. I love skiing. I did skiing one time, dude. And I trucked so many people because I couldn't stop. I did that. My my right leg, my right leg, just cutting and moving. Left leg, nothing. Lip fish. Got nothing. (laughs) Don't understand it. Can't get my left leg to do nothing. (laughs) So, anyways, I I went did the rollerblades, and I had rollerbladed before, so um, I'm not like you know a hockey player out there, but I'm decent enough. Uh, So I'm. Going around and just kind of getting comfortable with it. Well, you know, and just like I said, I got to go fast. So I just keep going faster <laughs> and faster and faster. And I'm just trying to, I'm just seeing where is it? How fast, how like, how smooth can I get this? I can see like Ryder's eyes just getting bigger the faster he goes. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And so I fell twice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first time I, it wasn't too bad. I don't, I was coming into a turn Cut and I just, no, I think I was trying to, some, I think there was just some stupid kid or something falling <laughs> in the and slow I, lane yeah some and, stupid kid and so i just kind of no. what it was is i was kind of trying to chill and i lifted up a little bit which you can't do you got to keep your like weight exactly over the skates and i kind of went like this because i was just like oh i got this i got a little confident <laughs> and, he did chill. The- and i went like this and, and it was just kind of a side slide but then the second one was a sniper no the second <laughs> the second one this, do you know what i thought of when i fell the second time I was like, this is almost exactly how I fell. Like, it must have looked the same as when I fell in Montana when you were walking behind me, dude. <laughs> because I God, was going. I, I, I was freaking that. going. I was moving. I was feeling good. I was real confident. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened. But the next thing I knew, and I was wearing this, like, blue wig, these aviator sunglasses. And, of course, I had my phone clip on. <laughs> and oh, it was like a Halloween thing? Yeah. And oh. so I, fr- I fell. I remember hitting my chest, like, chest bump the freaking floor hard slid my sunglasses come off my face and my phone came out of the clip dang <laughs> over it's a lot of momentum right there <laughs> 250 pounds of dude going however fast i was going <laughs> and then i had to sit down for a second <laughs> and, just, and just really evaluate myself and go okay you need to calm down you're gonna get yourself real hurt <laughs> But that's I don't have a good I don't have a good safety mechanism. I, I basically there's I no find, there's no real brakes on those things. It's well, kind of like a jet ski. You just kind of got to let off the throttle a little bit. Feather it a little my, bit. My yeah. safety mechanism is once I once I start falling, I've, then I've reached the limit. That's then, the way. But then I fall and I'm like, okay, well that's the limit. So that we ease up to it and yeah. then we just keep pushing. <laughs> we just see. that's the way I stop skiing. Is I just had to lay down. That's the only way I'm stopping. Well, I, st- I still can't stop on the rollerblades. I just I just kind of coast into the sidewall and just check toe. it. Drag the front toe. Okay, front well, let, let, we'll go. We'll go, and you can oh, show we're me. we're going. <laughs> I'm going to be spectating because I will get hurt. No, you will have to get one, out no, there. No. We'll put them on the roller skates. <laughs> you could have the little four. Well, they have the walkers <laughs> out there with the four wheels. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is I can't ice skate. See, I'm pretty what's good at ice difference? skating. I don't know, but I can rollerblade with the best of them. I can't ice skate. No idea. I would think those would be very I similar. I can't. Just don't those guys that practice hockey in the summer do it on rollerblades? Yeah, they well, so when I grew up in Colorado, there's like you would have the ice hockey. Roller hockey. And then a lot of guys would play roller hockey. Like that was yeah. a big sport. Yeah. I don't think anybody plays roller hockey out here. No, I don't know. No. But it's there actually the is a get, there's a dad on my on Mary Taft's soccer team of one of the kids who actually goes somewhere and plays ice hockey here. I'm sure there's an He's ice He's from Michigan, somewhere. and like, he was telling yeah. me because he had, like, bruises all over him. Like, like, dude, Gain- you get in a fight? And he's Gainesville like, no, it's hockey. And I'm like, 
What? By Gainesville or Cumming, I'd have I to think guess. he's in Lawrenceville or Cumming, I think, is what he said. Yeah, I would imagine they're somewhere. Hmm. But anyways, Clay, we'll go. Okay. That's fun. We got to go at night, though, when there's not kids. <laughs> like, that's that's what's the hardest. Like, if you can get going, you're 18 fine. 18 plus skate. Yeah, it's the freaking little kids, and nobody's watching them. <laughs> nobody's watching them. You got a kid who's like this tall, 30 pounds soaking wet, can't stand up on the skates. Where are the parents? The the thing is just wandering in and out. <laughs> Where it's are gonna, the parents? It's going gonna, it's gonna to get taken <laughs> out. Whose kid is this? Like, if it was my kid, I'd at least be there. He just called to the cause the 19-person pileup. <laughs> well, I mean, you got you got somebody like me rolling around. Like, I'm not trying to hit a kid, but at the same time. <laughs> but it might happen. You will if you have to. <laughs> no, I will, I'll take, look, I'm not a monster. I'll take one for the team. I'll hurt myself real bad before I hurt a kid on purpose. Oh. But, like, if I have a kid and I know that there's people skating around, Hug the wall. And I know that the kid Speaking doesn't know how to skate. Wall, did you see that NASCAR, dude? God, that has been all over. That's dude, a ballsy just that, if nothing else, that guy's got so much play from that, he's going to get more sponsor dollars just from that. <laughs> like, it's a freaking ballsy move. I've Go seen for it us. all over TikTok. Oh, it's everywhere. I want to know how that conversation with the crew chief went. All right. It's like, dude, right. just send it. So hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do what? I, I want to know if it came from the crew chief or the driver. He's like, 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 if you're the driver and you're like, you're like fifth place, you're like, all right, guys, well, it's going to be dude, a good no, finish. Dude, didn't he pass like five cars? But I got yeah. this idea, so just hear me out before you say no. I'm just going <laughs> to wreck the right side of the car. Sl- yeah. Look, I don't. <laughs> and then I'll go, after you guys fix the car, I'll buy you a nice steak dinner. <laughs> but it's going to be trashed. <laughs> See, I've never raced NASCAR, but I've raced bikes, and sometimes you just think of things and you do them, and then afterwards, like that was, that had a very slim chance of working Success. and a very large chance of absolute destruction. <laughs> like you're but in gonna... the moment, in the moment, you just like you just get this sudden little piece of clarity. You're like, it could work, and, it you, could s- work. and you send it, and if and if it does, you're a legend. You're either gonna if look, not, it's you're gonna bad. look baller or like a complete idiot. Anyway, yes. yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, I don't watch NASCAR, but that guy, like. Here's the problem. They're either going to have to outlaw that or that's going to happen a more lot. often now. Yeah. <laughs> God bless him. That's they're probably going to outlaw that. Oh, yeah. They have to outlaw that. Like Somebody's going to do it accidentally. I'd like, to, I'd like to see how they write that rule. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, fifth <laughs> no. year, hammer down, run to the wall, send it. <laughs> wall slingshots do not engage. <laughs> <laughs> Shake and bake, illegal. Yeah. So, anybody got got anything else on the saying? Yes, I think we we covered it pretty well. I just I really wanted to talk about it just because there's some people that need to hear it. You know, there's guys that that I think so. I I think it's noted. I think it should be noted that, um, especially if this is what you want to do for a living. I'm not even saying to, not you, even necessarily yeah, no, that, no, no, but I think that general, uh, like as a human, maybe let's just yeah. say. Your general default mode should be yes. Yeah. Okay. That's I like that a lot. Your default mode should be yes. And then, you know, obviously you it's you can't say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Nor should you. Obviously you have to keep you have to be a person and pay your bills and and be responsible and stuff like that. But I think your default mode should be yes and trying to figure out how to do it and then go on Ah, uh, no, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. But your default mode should be yes. Yeah. Your default mode should not be no. You should, like the Jim, what is it? Was it a Jim Carrey movie? Yes, Man? Yes, Man was a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, which is a great movie. Very underrated, actually. Um, go watch that movie, anyways. But it's basically about a guy who's been negative his whole life, said no to everything. Mm-hmm. And then doesn't he, he physically can't say no. Yeah. And so... Because of that, obviously, he gets himself into a bunch of weird situations. But overall, he realizes how much better life is when you say yes to things. And how many... It's kind of one of those things where um, if you're ready for opportunity, it will come, mm-hmm. right? And if you say yes to things, then all of this good stuff will serendipitously happen to you. Yeah, But it's not because, like, luck. It's because you've just put yourself in the position for those things to happen. Yeah, and uh, Tim just commented. He said it was the driver's idea. He just sent it. There's car audio of it. It's epic. So it was the driver's idea to do it. Mm. It's awesome. See, that's that's the crew chief said yes. 
Somebody said yes. Look at Ryer putting a bow on top mm. right there at the end. Khrushchev said yes, and look, he's a legend. <laughs> he is. Absolutely, for the rest of time. He may be the only person he's who gonna has be ever lo- done that. And he's he going to be, be loved like- and hated by so many people. Mm-hmm. I love that. You he should be loved it. and hated by a lot of people. True. All right, that's all I got. Peace.